All righty, guys. Well, a bit of a special edition podcast crossing over This Warrior's Life and Fonzie Talks Warriors on the 25th of June, also known as SJ Comes Back Day. How you going, Will? Oh, mate, I can't believe it. What a day. Uh, Friday's always pretty good. This is one of the greats. Uh, certainly didn't expect to be doing an emergency podcast this afternoon, but one of the great moments in the history of being a Warriors fan, if you're on the SJ bandwagon, of course, uh, and, which we very much are and couldn't be happier, mate. And if you're not, have a hard look at yourself. Yeah. So... Um, to catch catch anyone who hasn't seen it, um, there's probably nobody who listens to our pods who hasn't caught up with the news by now or had someone ping them. But uh, Sean Johnson has signed a two-year deal with the Warriors starting next year. Uh, the media is saying it's at around the $450,000 a year mark, um, which I think is pretty, pretty fair value for uh, a guy with what SJ brings. And um, it looks like the deal was done this week and um, certainly based on the media reports we've seen over the last few months, this has come out of nowhere, Will. Yeah, we certainly didn't expect it. I think both of us were sceptical that um, that Cameron George in particular and, and I guess the rest of the uh, Warriors administration there, maybe Peter O'Sullivan, uh, could bury the hatchet with SJ and, and whatever caused the exit in 2018. Um Warriors management, um, Johnson's management, sorry, approached the club earlier in the year, uh, I guess with a bit of an olive branch and saying that he'd be keen to come back. Didn't happen. There was reports out of the club that they asked the senior players that, um, and they weren't keen. So I'm not sure what's turned around. Maybe they just realised that he is the best available half out there, that he would be a great fit for the club that the majority of the fans want it and that it does give us a chance to be a heavy hitter from uh, next season. Well, I was I was getting ready to tee off on my next pod uh, about the fact that the club seemed to be looking to sign every halfback that's played any kind of first grade yeah. in the last two years, except for Sean. And the club had never put out, really, to me, a satisfactory explanation of why Sean 100%. was on the ban list, right? So you look at, as fans and, and you know, pundits, if you want to call us that, right, we look at what's on the field, we, we sort of weigh it up, and it was just absolutely obvious and compelling that we should sign Sean. And unless there was a, a different explanation coming from the club, you kind of have to start from the idea that there's something going wrong at the club, don't you, if, if, if their position is they don't want him. Yeah, well, I mean, it was the, the walls are closing in a little bit on on their explanation, or you know, being able to justify not bringing him back, because it was quite clear that if we had to go in next year with the halves that were currently on our books, and particularly if Cody, who hasn't really been working out this particular season, if he, and he's um, you know hoping to stay in Australia by all reports, yeah. um, you know, what were we going to do? And there's there's very few options out there. The Woodup uh, rumour sort of closed up. There's you know, a little bit of chat about guys like Aiden Caesar. Uh, there really was very few options. And I think, mate, if, I don't know if it's um, not so much desperation, but just running out of genuine options, um, particularly with, you know, RTS is, is going. And yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I'm, I'm still pinching myself, mate. It's hard to 
put into words exactly what it means to me personally because honestly this has um, been a millstone around my neck ever since he left. I was very, very bitter about it. I couldn't enjoy the 2019 season at all um, after after that exit. I just couldn't uh, make, make sense of it and yeah, just feel like all the animosity and angst of the last two and a half years has just washed away with one little Facebook post from the club. Um, so kudos to Cameron George and, and whoever's put this deal together um, for making it happen. Yeah, good point, eh? Because, uh, like I said, there wasn't a good explanation, but it reading between the lines, clearly someone, maybe multiple people, had to swallow some ego to do this. And... Um, Swallowing ego, it, like ego is never a reason not to do the right thing, but swallowing yeah. ego is hard. And so to those people who did that, um, thank you. It's appreciated. Um, and it sounds like you have put the club first, which is your job, right? But I'm, I'm yeah. pleased that you've done it. Um, now, personally, Will, um, I think you're going to be a bit conflicted next year because you're going to have Walsh and SJ playing in the same back line. And uh, I, I feel like your your heart had moved across to the new Wonder Kid. Where, well, where are you going to sit? Oh, I, I cannot wait to see them playing together. I mean, it's um, just an absolute rugby league wet dream seeing those two in the same back, back line. But, yeah, you're right. I had um, I'd finally just started to be able to let SJ go, seeing the uh, the new highlight reel machine, Reese Walsh, um, uh, come onto our team this year, but you know the the idea of them both playing together is just mouthwatering. It um, obviously it, it means that Sean Johnson doesn't have to come back and be the player that he was mm. when he was on at the Warriors. He played a pretty different role, I, I would think. I'm excited to see what that looks like. You can be more of a game manager that can still do the odd magic thing and and set up tries, uh, but he just doesn't have to produce those ridiculous big-time plays because Reese Walsh is there. And it takes pressure off Walsh too. It takes pressure off Walsh too, that's right. And Johnson, I mean, he's lost some of the pace that was carrying him through, you know, some of those years. But now, if you're in defence, I mean, you're probably going to have Walsh out on the left, you've got Johnson out on the right, uh, probably CHT in the middle. And suddenly, you can't just double mark Johnson. You can't double mark Walsh, right? And Yeah. And uh, if you just get some half-intelligent ball runners on either side of the field, and uh, is, there's some shape there, there's some points there. Yeah, well, I mean, you've seen what Walsh has been able to do with a fairly, uh, well, still developing and fairly clunky uh, combination with our current halves. Um, so to be able to work with a, a playmaker like Johnson's experienced, um, you, you know, you've seen how Will Kennedy has uh, come along the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, Nicola. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, there's just so many elements that make this exciting. Yeah, and the kicking game. So the, the Achilles yeah. heel of the Cody-CHT combo has been the kicking game. And we don't have a kicking hooker at the moment. So now Walsh can kick from fullback, but we've got a, a genuine long end short kicker. It's, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. plugging gaps all over the place, isn't it? Oh, it's, yeah, it fills so many holes um, in our makeup. And yeah, um, it is hard to put into words, mate. There's a thousand things you want to say and get excited about. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to, I can't wait to see some of the reaction from uh, from players and, and that sort of thing. Um, 
Geez, what a what a week for Reese Walsh. He's, he's in Origin camp. He's playing with Cherry Evans in months this week, getting taught by JT and Slater, and now he's uh, in the knowledge that he's playing with SJ, who I'm sure is one of his heroes um, from next season. It's just uh, just a magical day, mate. I think I saw an interview from Walsh in Origin camp where he actually mentioned SJ as one of the guys he like looked up to going through. So yeah. there's no doubt about that. And you made the point when we had our um, our last podcast as a crossover about building a team around Walsh to keep him with us and interested and so yeah. on. Have, being in the same squad as SJ for the next two years has got to help with that, doesn't it? Both in terms of his game, but also his you know attitude to the club and yeah. motivation and stuff. Yeah, I mean, and Johnson, I'm sure it won't be quite the same as when he uh, when he was here previously, but he sort of take on that uh, face of the club, do a lot of media and that sort of thing at the Warriors, take a little bit of the heat off Walsh because a lot of that was is set to fall on him. Um, but, yeah, just I just think it makes Walsh's transition a hell of a lot smoother. Um, you know, it's a big year for him next year going back to moving to Auckland and, and all of that. But, yeah, as you said, um, just having a building a team around him the, the last couple of weeks have been a little bit worrying um, and uh, the direction they're going now it sort of feels like this is a team that can contend as early as next year. Well, yeah, okay, so let's go there. D- does this open the Premiership window a little crack? Um, I might be jumping the gun a wee bit because, you know, we didn't really come close to winning a comp since um, SJ's rookie season, although it was last year at the club I thought was his best and obviously the club's best went 15-9 and nine, but um, exited in week one. Um, I do think it, it does open up something because the halves were obviously a, a big, big issue or are still a big issue, I think. Um, it solves a lot of our problems, hopefully. I know there's a lot more that's going wrong with the team at the moment, but I think, it, you know, and, it, and the way the comp is shaping up at the moment, there's only a handful of good teams. There's just the, the opportunity is right there for, you know, a team to get a couple of the right elements in place and make a big move, and hopefully that's us. Well, let, let's think about what a next year's side might look like um, with SJ in there and talking more generally about who we've re-signed over the last little while. And I'm going a bit off the cuff here, so let me know if I miss anyone as we go through. But uh, starting, so we're going to have Walsh at fullback. So this probably yep. puts paid to any idea of Walsh playing six, you would say, right? Yep. Um, yep. Walsh is fullback now. Then on the wings, we've got uh, Dallin Watene-Zelezniak, who yep. is, is a recent signing. And, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, we've, we've talked about that together and separately, I think, um, over the last few weeks. And... The jury's out on him, but there's an upside potential to him, you would say. Um, yeah, particularly st- out on a wing too, yeah. I think. And out on a wing and a good team with good playmakers giving him good ball. Yeah, he runs hard and mm. he he can do some yardage. The other wing, um, yeah, that's interesting. So the other wing, currently it's RTS, he's gone. So it's probably going to be Pompey maybe. Yeah, that's the first name that springs to mind, unless uh, one of these other young guys comes emerges through. over the summer or later this season. But Pompey, yeah, on, on the other wing, keen to get him out of the centres. And that's assuming Fusitua doesn't come back. And yeah, yeah, of course he's still a chance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, geez, how how good uh, would that storyline be if if Fus is 
you know, resurgence coincides with Sean Johnson's return because it has for, you know, for whatever reason. Um, I'm sure it's partly that. Fuss's career has gone downhill since SJ left. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Gives him the best shot at coming back. So then centres, we've got Aitken left and maybe Rock or Berry, right? That looks like the way it's shaping yeah, up. Yeah, everyone's pretty keen on that. Hopefully that's the way it does pan out. Um, so you've probably got Berry and Pompey on one side and Aitken and Selesniak on the other, maybe, or might be flipped, yeah. don't know. But either way, that's that's solid. Um, I think if Berry kicks on, Pompey kicks on, um, and Zelezniak goes to the upside, that's that's a very solid out set of outside backs with, you know, Walsh and Julian yeah. the crown. And I think that with Johnson and um, and Walsh, both of their ability to throw a good long ball to mm. create that sort of uh, half overlap, half man overlap, that sort of takes a bit of pressure off the centres being Hiku-like yep. creators. Yep. Uh, doesn't matter that, you know, particularly Aiken is pretty straight up and down, not the greatest provider type centre, yep. so... Yeah, it'll be the it'll be the ball runner's fault, not the ball player. Mm. Um, and then in the halves, we'd have CHT and um, and Johnson, obviously. Now, if Cody stays, and I know that it looks like Cody's going, but if he stays, do you see him and CHT fighting it out, or do you think Cody's like CHT's got that spot? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I mean there's a great opportunity to use one of them as a fourteen. Um, yeah, it's it'd be interesting to know exactly where they see, you know, who they see as it stands right now as the front runner. If Cody is to stay, it could depend a lot on how he goes for the rest of this year. Um, yeah, what, back, what do you think? Well, it's back to that question of whether you see Johnson, because like stepping back again, when it was Cody and Blake Green. Um, Sorry, when it was Cody and CHT, they kind of played left and right. And, and there's this whole thing, are we going to play the halves left and right or are we going to play one on the ball in the middle and one wide? I think with Walshy, you play one in the middle and one wide because you want to leave Walsh plenty of room to ball yeah. play as well. Yeah. So you're, you're probably not going to do so much left and right. You're going to have an organiser. Now, Cody's not an organiser. Um, CHT is or is being groomed to be. Yeah. Um, so then, where do we see Johnson? Do we see Johnson as an organizer or a or a ball player on an edge? Right. I think that's yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that that plays out. Uh, it's you know Johnson plays both sides a fair bit with the Sharks. He started mm. doing it and later in that 2018 season for us. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure uh, Nathan Brown is licking his lips at. The prospect of the options of how oh, yeah of the options that he's going to have at his disposal and yeah a fair bit to work out with whether Cody stays or not. I mean I look at it and go if you look at the Townsend Johnson combo at the Sharks yeah and and if you said that was a good use of Johnson which you know it's open but let's say then Townsend and CHT play a very similar game yeah, you know, yeah. Or, or Townsend and what CHT's trying to do are very similar. Yeah. So yeah. I look at that and go, if you want to have a similar combo at the Warriors, you'd, you'd play CHT and Johnson and Cody's, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's on the bench or he's in Australia. Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, surely I, I don't know that's so much that Johnson's got a track record, even though he is what, in his 11th season and 30 years old of sort of, um, 
you know, bringing young halves along and teaching them, mm. teaching them that sort of thing, you'd have to think his experience and particularly, you know, the way he's sort of matured as a game manager a bit at, at the Sharks is going to be pretty beneficial to Chanel. That's mm. you know, like my read on it anyway. Um, if the club does still see Chanel as a, a future number seven, remains yeah. to be seen. But I, I personally do. I, at the moment, I'm in a probably minority that's getting smaller every week. I'm noticing a lot of dislike, but I, I still maintain that CHT has the right attributes that with the right development, he will be a um, top eight number seven is my take, but yeah, okay, that's just my take. Um, so then the the back line we're reasonably, or we think that if all the upside plays keep, happen, we think the back line can do the job. So it's back to the middles. So we've got Fenua Blake, uh, yeah. We've got Bunty, we've got Tanoa Brown signed, Evan signed, uh, Penne from Melbourne signed. Yeah. Armau is not signed. Um, he's sitting there uh, in limbo at the moment. Do we reckon that propping rotation is enough to open a window? Well, I mean, it was going, it was look, looking pretty good at the start of the year when uh, Tanoa Blake was the first came into the side. He's been. Yeah, quite since he's come back from in, injury. But I mean, Fenua Blake at his at his best is is a he's certainly a front row of the quality that Johnson never get got the chance to play with at the Warriors. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Tanua Brown's gone off a cliff. Yeah, um, it's, it's, yeah. Evans is always a bit borderline. Yeah. Um, this Melbourne player Penner has some upside, no doubt. Yeah, Bounty's got some upside, no doubt. I still feel like we're a prop short. Yeah, we could uh, certainly do with a with a quality guy up front. Matt Lodge. Um, Matt Lodge. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. Like, it, like I'm not the hugest fan of him as a as a dude, as a as a player. I mean, he's probably been one of the Broncos' better players, I think, in a pretty poor Broncos team. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, if he comes, then I'll get behind him. If he doesn't, I certainly won't be too disappointed. What's your take on him? I, I don't watch him that closely, to be honest. Look, I mean, for the off-field stuff, I've been a, against signing those types of players because I'm a yeah. big believer in team culture and so on. Now, time's passing. He hasn't had any off-field discretions. Yeah. Like He had the mother of all off-field discretions, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, although, yeah, the mother of all off-field discretions, but time has passed and he hasn't had any more. Uh, I I don't know, maybe it's just the feel-good factor of Johnson coming back, but I'm kind of looking at it going, if if we can, if that's the thing that wins a comp for the first yeah. time with the Warriors, with SJ, right, the, the feel-good of SJ leading us to a, a comp win and the, the possibility of that is so far ahead of the negativity of signing a dude like Lodge. I, I don't know, if you asked me yesterday, I would have said, don't do it. If you ask me today, I'm like, look, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very pragmatic today about that Mate, sort of stuff. If it meant that we win a premiership with Sean Johnson, I mean, we it was pie in the sky that he would yeah. ever play for the club before to, again before today. If it meant winning a comp, I mean, I'd, if Charles Manson could make 200 <laughs> metres a game, I'd uh, sign him up as a front row. I mean, yeah. And, you know, there is that family link, which does feel a bit like nepotism, but Peter O'Sullivan's son-in-law, surely he can vouch for him being a 
you know, a decent citizen these days. And um, yeah, if, if if he's the right player, um, he'd be our second sure. best prop. There's no doubt he'd be our second best prop yeah. straight off. I mean, that's that's just the reality. Well, yeah, like I mean, I don't. Um, you're much better at analysing a, a a player's game than I am. And I'm probably led by stats, particularly when it comes to sort of forwards. Um, yeah. But you know, we we can barely get a prop making close yeah. to 100 metres a game at the moment. That's not Adam Fanua Blake, and Lodge does that every week. So, you know, 140-plus. So, And then the other – so that's the middles. Then in the um, – at hooker, we got Egan. Now, um, I like Egan more than you, but we both agree he hasn't kicked on this year um, in the yep. way we yeah, I would have hoped, certainly. Um, now, we've got Otto Kohler, who's just debuted. Didn't knock our socks off, but didn't make any errors. I think it was a yeah. good measured debut from someone who's trying to come in and not steal the show and just do his little job. And yeah, pretty ordinary conditions and terrible conditions. game to debut in. But, and, yeah. and a pack that's getting dominated. Um, so yeah. pretty hard to jump out too much if you're getting slow play the balls and getting dominated. So he's there now. That's good. We have a, a, someone who's been blooded in the NRL coming into 2022 yeah. in, in the 30. Then if Nico Rima hangs around, there's another impact hooker yeah. option coming off 14. So suddenly Hooker goes from uh, weakness in the squad where we only had Egan and he's injury prone and, um, you know, different you know, different assessments of his capability to we've got Egan, we've got a young guy coming through who looks like he's a first grader, we hope. Um, yeah. And then potentially we've got Nicarima as well. So that stops being a weakness, I think. Yeah. And you'd have to think someone with the experience of Johnson is going to help make... Uh, Hooker's game better, you know. Egan's still fairly 100%. young. Um, yeah, I don't quite know the relationship between a, a you know, how good uh, halfback makes a, a young hooker better, but you'd have to think that it makes things a bit easier. I mean, the, the just how clunky our halves have been this yeah. year, um, well, it's going to make things a bit easier for Egan. Since since the first three rounds, where it was just break down the front door, hit it up the middle. I've really struggled to see a coherent game plan. And yeah, that's yeah. the halves have been chopping and changing. I get all that. But like on the weekend and, and against Melbourne, I didn't see a coherent game plan right now. No. An old head half, like, and so that either means Brownie doesn't have a coherent game plan, which I doubt, um, or the halves aren't understanding it, aren't talking it, aren't implementing it. You know, And an old head seven, who like Johnson, who will understand the game plan and will be able to talk it up, to implement it has to help everybody around him for that. Yeah. I think. So yeah, yeah it's he's a per, I mean, if if he um, hadn't been at the club before, we would have they would have been all over the signing a long time ago. He's he's just the perfect style the the way that Sean Johnson is now. Um, you know, I think he's been great the last few weeks for a for a Sharks team that has every reason to, you know. Finishing the bottom four, bottom two with everything that's happened there this year, but now they're you know kind of on track for the finals. We're battling away for the for a final spot with them, um, and and that coincided exactly with him coming back from injury, didn't it? Literally, yeah, yeah. He had a couple of tough games when they're they're still getting flogged every week, and people were jumping all over his back. A tough injury to come back from, a long term one. Couple of um, yeah, I guess disappointing games in, ta- in a team that was getting. Hammered every week, and then he's led them to three three straight, pretty much off his own bat, man yep. of the match, and at least two of those, um, yep. you know, match-winning field goals, 
we've got it you know we're gonna have a clutch player back in our yeah, ranks yeah. and that is absolutely what we're what we're missing because we're, we're almost the reverse of clutch at the moment yep. four losses um in the last five minutes when we've been leading or tied this already this season it just yeah johnson gets comes up with the right play and the big play at the end of games is absolutely what we've been missing there's no doubt if SJ's in our team this year, we're in the eight right now. We've got two more wins. That's all it takes. Easily. We'll be, yeah. Um, yeah. Conservatively. Conservatively, two more yeah. wins and we're in the eight. And yeah. and I still maintain that if SJ had stayed, we would have made the eight in 2019. Missed it by two oh, games. Definitely. Yeah. We would have made the eight in 2020. Yeah. Um, and we'd be sitting here as a side who'd made the eight three years in a row. If SJ stayed. I know that's yeah. hypothetical and fanboy, whatever, but yeah. um, I'm convinced of that. No doubt about that. There's just a feeling of destiny about all this now that he's come back and we've landed this, uh, you know, generational talent and Reese Walsh and, mm. you know, we've got a, a front row like Adam Fanua Blake and, you know, it uh, just seems to be all coming together, all the pain of the last few years since he left. Um, is, you know, seem, it will be worth it, even if we can just get back in the finals and be a, you know, week two, week three team. Because Johnson back is it's more than worth it for the club, I think. Um, and I agree. Yeah. I agree. And and we'll play the, we'll play the most attractive footy in in the NRL. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, it's. It, like, I just seriously. want it to be twenty twenty two already. I mean, I, there's you know there's still a chance that we can do something this year, and we've got Townsend to I think will improve the team. Um, but yeah, all I can think about is it being March twenty twenty two. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if I lived in NZ, um, I can't think of a, a better sort of source of entertainment than getting down to Mount Smart every yeah, fortnight to watch Walsh and SJ and, and the other boys do their thing. It's it's just going to be awesome. It'll be uh, a game changer for the club, I think. You'll have to come over for the first time game of next year, mate. I'll, I'll talk to the boss, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm quietly confident. Even she understands how important... Uh, today is and yeah. and what it means and uh, I'm quietly confident that'll happen, man. And it'd be good come over and have a beer with you and, oh, and yeah, totally. all of the the legends who listen to us. Um, it's yeah, it's just a you know I know there's people that are anti. I haven't really seen anyone pop up and say this is terrible news as yet. I'm sure there's people no. that aren't happy about it, but just to see what it means to you know to to you to me to uh, I um, was actually helping. Um, my brother and sister-in-law move this morning and um, it was probably about 15 minutes after the news broke that I actually got back to my phone and my phone's blowing up. There's messages yeah. from, uh, there's a message on Twitter from you, there's there's messages from um, from Brad, uh, from Michael Burgess at the Herald and I'm like, what the hell's going on? There's only one thing that could be big <laughs> enough to justify all these people messaging me at once, but it can't be that. It can't. Yeah. It, and uh, sure enough, opened up Facebook and there's um, there's the club's announcement that SJ's come back. It's honestly, I, you know, I was emotional. I was, uh, and it was a sense of euphoria. Um, it was like it was like winning a game and golden yeah. point times ten because that, of- that's exactly what it was like. It's one of those things where sport can just, you know, that, that's why sport is so magical. It can just yeah. change your change your day, change your mood. Yeah, uh, and it's why investing in a club um, is a good thing to do, even when things aren't going great, right? Because yeah. you, you you get these sort of days where um, 
you know, like we we don't know what's going to happen next year, right? But yeah, the 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 positivity, like you said, the destiny around it, um, the optimism, uh, COVID ending, and the team being back next year, most likely, all of those things. It it's uh, it's just a good day to be a Warriors fan. Yeah, it's and I can't I can't even think of a time where a, a, a news drop has made me feel like this. I kind of you know Isaac Luke and Roger Tuivasa-Shek came to the club. That was pretty big, but there was just you know it wasn't like you know top of your skull blowing off um, into the stratosphere like this was. The only thing I can kind of remember that made me feel like this and, and nowhere near as important, but when I was a massive massive Origin fan and Queensland fan. And I remember, um, oh, Alfie. I was, yeah, Alfie. When I was, I was actually in the shower, and and my mum heard it on the radio and knocked on the door, and she said, "Alfie Lang is playing in the decider." I couldn't, yeah, there's the, like just that, like I cannot believe this is happening, type thing, totally unexpected. Yeah, and you know, just the best news you could get. But this obviously has more far-reaching, you know, connotations of a, of something that means a hell of a lot more to me now, and you know, just just. Honestly, just seeing back in that jersey is um, is going to be just unbelievable. He's my favourite player I've ever seen. Easily the, my favourite player to deal with um, from a media point of view, and and it really never sat right with me that the way that he left and and not knowing, you know, not getting to see him play again for the Warriors when that you know news happened that he, he was leaving. Um, yeah, all of that, all of yeah. It just, I'm still lost for words, mate, but uh, what a day. What a day. Well, we could wrap it on and uh, and and talk about how happy we yeah. are for hours, mate, but I yeah. think I think we should wrap it up um, and, uh, and just say again, um, you know, well done to the club for making it happen. Well done to whoever had to swallow their pride to make it happen. Um, it, it was your job to put the club first, but you've done it and we respect you for it and we respect Sean for um, overcoming whatever hurdles he might have had. And now I really hope that everybody there, including Sean, and I've got, I'm confident as well that this is the case, I hope they're all there because Sean's dream has always been to win a comp with the Warriors and he's coming back to do that. Oh, mate. Yeah, couldn't agree. With you just summed it up perfectly, mate. Um, yeah, well done to the club, well done to Sean because he obviously, and he'd obviously done this a long time ago, had to swallow some pride and and put what happened in 2018 behind him. Um, yeah, I just, it's just brilliant. Um, can't wait to see how it pans out. All right, that's it, everyone. Have an extra beer tonight on Friday and uh, until next time, mate, go the Warriors. <laughs>